0: Building a community, I think, is really around creating opportunities for people to contribute and forge connections. It's about providing inspiration and some light structure for them to do so. It's not about the connection of one to many, which is really the structure of an audience. It's about this cultivating the space for support and idea sharing. That's essentially how you build trust in a community. And hopefully you're having fun through all of that.
1: Welcome to The Wild Show with your hosts, Will Chang, Lee Chang, and Andrew Su. Hi, this is Will Chang and as always, I have my co-host Lee Chang and Andrew C with me.
2: Hey guys. Hey, how's it going? Happy to be here.
1: A big theme we've heard from all of our Web3 guests is that community is the key to success. CryptoCoven, one of the top NFT collections, has a community that I believe is unparalleled in the space. This episode is hopefully the beginning of a series of episodes where we learn about different aspects of what makes the CryptoCoven community so strong. Today, we brought on Astrea, Coven Cultivator. Welcome, Astrea.
0: Hi, thank you so much for that introduction. I'm really delighted to be here.
1: So you've been with the Crypto Coven for since pretty much the beginning, right? Can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved?
0: Yeah, sure. I think several other members of the early project team, I too was lured by Nyx, who is our high witch of woe. A few years ago, she had joined an IRL full moon ceremony that I held in which I'm sure she picked up on my inclination towards the occult and my knack for just bringing people together. So fast forward to fall of last year, 2021, I saw an early concept of the Crypto Coven Project and I immediately expressed my excitement. I wanted to know everything about it. And a couple of weeks later, I was pitched the idea of this role of coven cultivator and became a devout acolyte shortly thereafter.
1: Before we get to CryptoCoven, you mentioned a full moon. Can you talk more about what that was?
0: Oh, yeah. A full moon ceremony.
1: Full moon ceremony, yeah.
0: We've had a couple of them in the Discord with the coven that have been just such amazing avenues for witches to share what they're looking to manifest for the month ahead. And it's really a time when when the lunar cycle, when everything is sort of like amplified. So it's the perfect time to set your intentions and talk a little bit about what you want for yourself moving forward, right? So that can be a more fantastical way. It can be in a more practical way. But yeah, so I've hosted a few of these just with friends, IRL, hanging out in my living room with maybe bringing a couple of your favorite knickknacks that have some meaning to you and writing down some intentions and burning it and throwing it into a bowl of water and crystals. But there's the digital version of that, too, which we have facilitated in the Discord, which has just been as rewarding.
1: So. Lee actually, for the first time, has been in the Discord, and one of the things he talked about was how active and how just full of substance the conversations were. I mean, when you first started Discord, you really had to cultivate that, right? And so can you tell us a little bit ab- about what the early days looked like for you?
0: Oh, man, yeah. So I joined in November of 2021, and before I had arrived, Jean-Yu, high witch, had done a lot of work in already cultivating the Coven. When I joined, there were about 400 members in the Discord, and I felt like that was a lot at the time. I mean, 400 people is a lot, but now we're just over 6,000, and so it kind of pales in comparison. But yeah, a lot of our early witch manifestors and early members were a part of the Coven at that time, and When I started, I introduced myself and it was really just about forging connections one on one with people, you know, welcoming everyone in this one-to-one format, sparking conversation, engaging in conversation, really just interacting with members of the Coven like you would your friends online.
1: So when Nyx pulled you in, did she already ask you to be the Coven cultivator or was it a role that you eventually took on later?
0: Yeah, no, she asked me to join essentially as community manager, which we then dubbed Coven Cultivator. Yeah, that was pretty much it from the start.
1: So did you have any experience managing a Discord or was this your first time?
0: Oh, gosh, no. It was my first time entering a Discord. Crypto Coven has been my gateway to Web3. It has been my gateway to Discord, like all (laughs) of it. But I do have experience and in a more personal avenue, building community, and event planning, IRL. I just did a lot of thinking about translating those skills and those foundational aspects into a digital realm. I don't have it all figured out by any means, but we are all learning together.
2: Could you share some of those characteristics that you translated over from event planning?
0: Yeah, I think that there are reasons why, as humans, we gather together and form in communities. And I think a lot of those elements like translate over to the digital space, right? We're looking to connect with other people. We're looking to come together over shared interests, share values with one another. And from the event planning perspective, whether IRL or digital, it's a lot about creating a container, right? So there can be a sort of defined set of guidelines or rules for that container. With the example of the full moon ceremony that I mentioned, there are a set of guidelines, like a set of instructions that you provide people of how to interact in that space so that they can be themselves and engage fully because they understand the guidelines for that space. So I think a lot of those elements translate. It's just been interesting doing it in the audio only space of the Discord.
1: One of the really interesting things to me is that you're able to set like a different type of space that the rest of, I would say, crypto has. We can see that coming from when, I would say when the minting ended and there was still a lot of people that were coming in that were more speculators and over time, how that culture has stayed strong to be the culture that you've set. How did you maintain your culture and set those protocols within your space?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So the community grew really quickly after I joined. I feel like there was a point where there were a hundred people joining a day. And when things were kind of taking off with the mint and you know there was this influx of sort of the the typical crypto energy that you can see in the space. I know you had my friend Kevin on a little while ago and you guys were talking a bit about this moment in time and this transition that we navigated but it became clear right off the bat that we needed to develop a set of community guidelines so we very quickly, but intentionally wrote those up, edited them and posted them quickly so that we could have a backbone to enforce the rules of engagement in our community. So there were moments when there was that typical crypto energy that was brought into the Coven Discord and we met that with openness, but also enforcing the guidelines that we had established. And people would take that one of two ways, right? We saw so many people just be like, oh, okay, I understand, that makes sense, I respect that. But there were a handful of people who wanted to engage with us in a way that we were not comfortable with. And that is when you really set the line around how you're gonna curate your community. Who is the type of person that you would like to have and who is not?
1: What are some of the rules that might make you stand out versus other communities in the space?
0: So we have a handful of guidelines and they are all pinned in our Discord for easy reference. One of them that we actually borrowed from the Wizards of the Forgotten Runes is talk about Lore Not Floor. And that's one that's cited very often. We even have a sticker, a very cute sticker that Aletheia designed that was established around it. But it's really that our community is about art and lore and world building. And we're really weaving this immersive world and not speculating on how much a witch may be worth. Or we don't really tolerate anyone coming into the Discord just to advertise or sell their particular which we really believe that the worth of a witch lies in the eyes of the beholder so we don't talk about rarities or floor prices or perceived value of any witch in the collection that's definitely one that comes to mind
1: one of the things that i did to prep for this interview was actually go through the discord and go through the past history and look at your conversations and you've had a lot of hard conversations over the past few months Would you like to talk about the conflicts and how those are handled and just what that feels like as the cultivator?
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I just need to take a moment to recognize our Pact Keepers who do so much work moderating our Discord. We have Pact Keepers like across all time zones, really. Their work is so incredibly invaluable to doing this. So I want to make it clear it's not just me in there doing this work and having those hard conversations. But yeah, I think a lot of the rules for engagement online are derived from real life experience, you know? It's like you approach someone with openness and understanding, you give them the benefit of the doubt and maybe give them a second opportunity to engage in a way that is true to who they authentically are.
1: (laughs) One of the things that Kevin mentioned in his interview to ask you about was mental health, right? I think Managing a community with lots of different opinions probably is really hard and it's on 24-7, right? And, and there is money involved too, right? And so probably there's like just a lot of energy. And so maybe you could tell us a little bit about what it's like as a community manager or coven cultivator doing this type of work in this space.
0: Oh, yeah. I listened to Kevin's episode, which I loved, by the way, and I heard him bring this up and I was like, oh, I love that that is where his head is at. I appreciate you asking me about mental health. I've been in this space for, I don't know, five, six months now. So I know that Web3 is such an incredibly nascent space, but yeah, almost a half a year. And I certainly take breaks the FOMO around Web3 and the how quickly the space develops. It's really real, but you just have to prioritize your mental health above everything else. You have to fill your cup before you can fill another's and event planning in a digital space is something that requires a lot of heart and work and attention it's really creative work. And so I have to make sure that I'm taking care of myself before I can really create meaningful space for the coven. So yeah, I mean, I certainly take breaks from the Discord or from Twitter. I encourage everyone else to as well.
1: So let's talk a little bit about event planning. Kevin talked about how you and he had an event talking about DAOs, right? And you guys have a lot of events happening all the time. Can you talk a little bit about first, what type of events do you put on?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That introduction to DAO's event that Kevin hosted was one that I had approached him about. I know that he is busy at work developing Cafeteria DAO, and we've had some really interesting conversations around what DAO's are and his perspective. So I approached him because I'm very passionate about supporting community-led events and I was like, hey, would you like to teach the rest of us how this process has been and share with us what you know? Because the Crypto Coven was in part developed as a space for knowledge and idea sharing. And there are so many people in Coven, including myself, I still feel really new to Web3 and I'm not a part of any DAO. So that was an area that I haven't necessarily had bandwidth to dedicate to. And I was really excited to learn more from him and I felt that others would be as well. But yeah, there are many similar events that we've hosted. For example, there was an event around discovering your connection to your personal energy work, right? That's a little bit more on the witchy side of the spectrum. And that was hosted by one of our witches, Indigo Ocean, who so thoughtfully put that together and is a very experienced Reiki master. And then We had a sound bath. Jax, who is a witch in our coven, is an incredibly talented vocalist. And she put together this beautifully ethereal sort of soundscape experience that was an immersive audio journey, really. And it was just so incredibly inspiring. And we also have some events that have been put on by our library, which is a community led project. It's really like an archive of resources. And we had a couple of events there, one on Web3 gaming, where we had a panel. One of the guests on the panel was actually Nix. And we were talking about what is Web3 gaming? What is paid to earn? What are their trends and what are the trends they're seeing and their predictions for the future of the space? And we also recently had a library panel on like, intersection of fashion and NFTs and the metaverse. And they basically cited all these different collaborations that have happened and like went through a series of hot takes around their opinions of their perspective around how those collaborations were executed. And I mean, I could go on and on, but yeah, those are just a few that come to mind.
3: That's true. I'm curious, do you have a team, a group that works with you on cultivating culture and community? Again, like Will said, I just joined. Discord very recently and I mean there's 6000 plus members in there now right and it's just crazy how much engagement there is and I imagine it's very difficult to keep on top of all of that so how do you manage your time and do you have people that help you in terms of like engagement management planning everything around the Discord of the community
0: yeah so As I mentioned earlier, Zhanyu, one of our high witches, she's also the keeper of the coven. So she did a ton of community work before I even came on and continues to be involved in different aspects of community. And we also have, as I mentioned earlier, our pact keepers. So we have a whole gang of pact keepers, really, that dedicate a lot of time very thoughtfully enforcing our community guidelines that we established last year and helping witches navigate around the discord. As you know, finding your way around discord can be a huge task because every community organizes them differently. And yeah, when it comes to event planning, we have a lot of ideas that come up from the community. Our crew of librarians is always sort of brewing a new idea around a panel or a potential event that we could have. We also have an ideas channel in our Discord where anyone is welcome to share an idea that we could potentially consider not just for community, but really for any aspect of the project. So I am not alone.
3: (laughs) Talking about the guidelines, I read them and I think they're great, but To me, I imagine probably any well-run Discord probably has something similar. I don't think there's anything in there that is extremely probably different or unique. So to me, it's about how you implement them, right? And how you actually go about managing the community. And I'm curious, what are some learnings that you've had in terms of just in this journey that perhaps surprised you that you didn't expect, maybe tying into what you did before in... IRL events versus a virtual community, how certain things have either just organically played out or that you found just very fascinating.
0: Yeah, so that brings to mind a couple of things. Our community is not token-gated by any means. So you do not need which NFT to engage with our community on any level. You don't need which NFT to interact in the discord or to come to our events or to enter a giveaway or to really engage with the coven in any aspect. And that is something that I don't know if that is particularly unique, but that's not something that I have seen very much. And something that was not necessarily surprising, but something that we continue to navigate is really just the level of clarity around the guidelines that is necessary when you are really working with a community as large as the one that we have is. I have experience planning events IRL, but never one that has included 6,000 people. So it continues to surprise me, the sort of loopholes, not that people are intentionally finding by any means, but just going back to the level of clarity that's needed around rules for engagement when it comes to a group that large.
1: So the community now is incredibly strong. And I know there's a lot of intention behind growing a digital community organically. Could you talk to us a little bit about your thought process and how that happened?
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. It's a big question. There's this broader topic of What is community? And I was speaking with a friend recently uh, around this topic of audience versus community. There can be overlap between the two because the level in which people want to engage varies from person to person, but you can think about it as a spectrum. If you have audience on one side, they are typically more passively consuming content that's being produced very common in Web2, right? And then you have this aspect of community, which we're seeing more of in the Web3 space where people are really coming together over common interests. And so that is going to be at the heart uh, around how to grow a digital community organically. All just people were interacting in a digital space, but human nature is still there, right? So Building a community, I think, is really around creating opportunities for people to contribute and forge connections. It's about providing inspiration and some light structure for them to do so going back to community versus audience like it's not about the connection of one to many which is really the structure of an audience it's about this cultivating the space for support and idea sharing that's essentially how you build trust in a community and like hopefully like you're having fun through all of that because fun is a big part of it Something I've been thinking more about is how culture is what begets community. And culture often centers around really great art. So if you pause there, in a sense, the witches have served that purpose. They've essentially charmed us all into gathering here in this discord, like in this community. And society has historically like, had these really rigid standards for what makes great art. It's been seen as like being the product of education and technique and knowledge of the existing canon, right? There's this defined way in which we're supposed to engage with great art. And the book, like What is Culture For? by School of Life, which I really love, it points out how art essentially redeems us. It's the foundation for how we find companionship. It elicits this emotional response in us, and that's how we really genuinely engage with it. That has not always been very widely accepted. There's a set of rules for how one appropriately and sophisticatedly engages with art. But what we see in the coven is we have this beautiful art around the witches and the world that is being spawned by our team of high witches. And you just watch everyone's reaction to that. And people are just like, oh my God, these witches are so gorgeous. And like visceral responses that bubble up from across our community is just such a beautiful thing to watch. So I think there is that really direct link between culture and community. You can't really build a community digitally without having some foundation of culture, I believe.
1: What's interesting too, is that because the Crypto Coven is a collection of pieces in the art and the community all owns one of those pieces, everyone is tied together in a way because they own a piece of that art.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think what really connects everyone in our community is that they admire and identify with the art, right? Because remember, our community is not token gated. So not everyone in our community owns a witch, but we do welcome anyone that identifies with our ethos and really just wants to get witchy with us.
2: I'm still synthesizing, but I'm going to go for it anyways. So I've been trying to wrap my head around all that you've been sharing and I guess the outcome that comes from it. And At the basic level, I'm hearing it's a set of guidelines, people to teach, nudge, and help folks navigate. You're also creating inspiration through art and creating a container for people to be exuberant and then share. But I don't know at all how tactically you do any of those things. That all makes perfect sense, right? But what does the day-to-day look like for that? Is that question fair?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that is a fair question for sure at times, I feel like I am still figuring that out. But yeah, just to get a little more tactical, keeping an ear to the ground in terms of what members of our community are talking about, what skills they have, what interests they have, all of that feeds the ideas around what type of events we are going to produce and put on. And it involves really just big picture thinking. I think through what the experience could potentially be based on what i'm hearing and talking about with people in our community and i imagine what that experience could be like to move through right so for example full moon ceremony. Those, When you're translating that to a digital space, you think about what's going to be removed, right? But what elements of that can remain and how can you make it feel meaningful to the attendees and make sure that they're getting something from it, right? We're not just throwing events so that we can have a full calendar we're throwing events to create experiences in which witches can feel heard and seen and learn from each other so i think it involves a lot of zooming out around the bigger picture of what do i want this experience to be like if i am someone who's coming to attend what would i want to be experiencing and then working backwards to deliver on that.
2: That was very helpful. And a follow-up question to that then is, who gets to throw these events? And is there a typical trend for how they coalesce and happen?
0: Yes. I am available to support really anyone who has an idea for an event. A lot of times people in the community will just tag me and be like, hey, Estrella, what do you think about this idea? Can we make this happen? And i may come in and fill some gaps around logistics what time how are we going to execute but as soon as we have all of those pieces in place we can just go ahead and decide on a time and make it happen but yeah i'm here to support sometimes people will have an idea and they aren't sure how to bring it to fruition and so i can think through all of those elements of production for them And then there are other times with the Web3 gaming panel, like I mentioned, that our librarians put on. That was planned from A to Z. And all I had to come in and do was just help them define the time and put it on the calendar and be in the background co-hosting. So really open to any sort of possibility for how an event may come together. But yeah, I like fully encourage people to tag me in things or like reach out to me whenever there's an idea bubbling under the surface.
1: Is there a scope in which the events are themed? For example, I know the librarians do a lot of work when it comes to onboarding people into Web3 and learning the different aspects of it, right? And you do have this culture of embracing being a witch. Are there other aspects of being in the Crypto Coven that you think about? Or are events just anything that anyone is interested in doing?
0: Yeah, so all of the events we've hosted thus far are related to one of those two areas, right? Focus on knowledge sharing and education, or on the other side, around the fantasy elements around embracing your witchy disposition. I would love to embrace more of the world-building role-playing elements, maybe even going so far as kind of LARPing with our witches and choosing which witch you are going to embody and just acting as that character. That is something I am thinking more about, how we can dip a toe in that area of events. Those are for the buckets.
1: I've seen so much talent come out of Crypto Coven and I think a lot of it is the job that all of you have done onboarding just talent, both people that are very capable and also very creative into Web3 and taking their skills from a Web2 world and basically putting them into more of a Web3 world, right? How are you attracting such great talent and why does Crypto Coven have all these amazing people?
0: I think that the same can be said for any community that is born from a team that is really present with and passionate about the work that they're doing. So I think the foundation that the High Witches have really created for the rest of us to move about this space, they were just so incredibly thoughtful and continue to be really as they're working on this next iteration of what our coven will look like.
1: Yeah, I'm incredibly impressed by the High Witches. They're so talented, either from development standpoint, they're thought leaders, you know, from art standpoint, their art is one of the best projects out there. From writing standpoint, I've never seen this type of world building when it comes to one of these projects. From all aspects of this project, I can see why anyone that is just as capable or is just as talented is attracted to this project, especially if you're a woman, there are five women that are doing this, this is incredibly impressive.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think people who get a taste of Crypto Coven can recognize right off the bat that we have a diverse team as well. We have Alethea and Nix who are incredibly talented artists. Nix is a brilliant coder as well as Janu and Aradia, And Keridwin is just one of the most brilliant writers that I've ever met. And I think that because they are so incredibly active and available to communicate with anyone in the coven, it's really apparent that they are committed to this project and they're not essentially ghostwriters by any means. You know what I mean? Like they're not in the background just orchestrating and silently dropping these pieces of work. They're really engaged and communicative and just fun members of the community as well.
1: What are some of your moments in the last six months that you really loved being part of the community?
0: Oh, I love that you asked this. Yeah, so many come to mind. So early on, it was really the conception of the library, right? There were so many witches asking questions, people were sharing resources, and I don't remember who it was, but Someone was like, should we create some space to collect all of this information? What if we called it the library? And just seeing that excitement and that community-led initiative come together. Like we now have this like incredible archive written and curated by witches of the Crypto Coven. And anyone is welcome to hop into the library channel and ask a question on how should I approach my taxes? How do I set up my ledger? Does anyone have a reliable resource around how to get started as an artist with an NFT project? You could really ask any question around Web3 and you're going to be met by someone in the community approaching your question with kindness and giving you like a really thoughtful, thorough answer. And it's just such a beautiful thing to see. So Watching kind of the library come together so organically was really incredible. And another thing that comes to mind is basically every time someone shares what they're listening to in our music channel, I just get super giddy because I love music. I have music on all hours of the day from the time I wake up, usually until I'm like settling into my nighttime routine. So I've basically listened to everything that anyone has ever shared in our music channel. I think it's a core pillar of community as well. Music. Gosh, I could go on. But our recent book club discussion, we are reading Octavia Butler's Genesis series. And we just recently finished the first book, Dawn, which was so incredible. And we had this beautiful discussion and everyone was so engaged that we are now reading the second book, Adulthood Rights," from this series. And it's just so fun to read alongside everyone and have these really thought-provoking conversations online, sort of like asynchronously as well. And last moment that I will mention, because I can't go without mentioning it, was our open mic that we had a couple of weeks ago. So we put out a call for members who wanted to hop up on stage and take the mic, essentially, and share a song or a poem, whether that was an original piece or you wanted to read or sing something that was created by another person and we were in that discord event for a little over 2 hours and our attendee numbers pretty much didn't go below 25 people the entire time like people were just coming like in and out it was so incredibly inspiring and the talent is just gobsmacking in ways. I was so blown away. And it was like a really, really fun way to just spend a random Thursday night.
1: You mentioned the librarians and I had a question actually from Had Matter. She says that you have a custom witch. Do you mind going through what that process is like of getting a custom witch? And did you get to pick your attributes? What was it like to getting a custom witch?
0: Oh my god, it's an honor to have a custom witch. I do not take my PFP Estrella for granted in the slightest. I am her and she is me. So I sent over snippets of inspiration for the art to Nyx and Alethea very early on. Shortly after I joined the Discord, I think I was hanging out in the Discord initially without any sort of pfp maybe just like the default one that discord gives you for a little bit because i was really new to the space i wasn't sure about how to interact and i also was like i want my witch reveal to have its moment it was just kind of this sort of sacred thing that i created for myself i was like i don't want to like upload any other pfp because i want it to be my <laughs> custom witch and i was really excited So yeah, I send over some inspiration, particularly this piece, gosh, I forget the artist, but it's this beautiful painting that I saw in the Met on my first visit a couple of years ago, and it's really just lived in my head ever since. And so when Nix asked me to send over some inspiration, it was immediately the first thing that came to mind. Gosh, I wish I could remember the name. And that is essentially how Estrella was born.
1: Did you get to pick the traits or the attributes that you wanted?
0: I did, yeah. So I think I chose pretty high wit and wiles. And it's funny because I sent over some visual inspiration and I had a little bit of a write-up to kick off the articulation for my witch. And I had initially said that I didn't want my witch to look anything like me. And I still stand behind that decision, but I do like to see attributes match mine in at least some way.
1: What about the description? Did you get to choose your description?
0: So yeah, I came up with a couple of the different elements Astraea being a witch born of celestial bodies, her lips are tainted red with Kermes crimson. So there were like a couple little pieces that I handed over to the team for Kara Dwyn to work her magic with. So
1: that was definitely a special moment for me. So who gets the custom witch and is that what an acolyte is? Yeah. Acolytes of the coven are basically
0: contributors at various levels to the project. So we have the core team of five creators, right? Those are the high witches. And acolytes make up that next tier of contributors. So those working on aspects varying from music, research, design, code, and in my case, community. It's such a fitting designation. It's really fun, actually. I love the term. An acolyte is something of dutiful follower, typically one who goes through some sort of initiation, taking a pledge of loyalty. And I just love that that role really plays into the world that the witches are building together.
1: The words that you choose, everything about the language that you use really creates that world. One of the most impressive things to me is that you wrote that long piece about her smart contract. And it was all in the world-building language of the witch, which was incredible.
0: Oh yeah, never break character.
1: (laughs) Are there any
2: unhealthy signals for the community that you've seen before or that you now monitor?
0: I wish I had a better answer, but one thing that comes to mind is some people might perceive momentary silence or lulls of engagement in a Discord as a bad sign that people are pulling away from a particular community or they're losing interest, but we don't really see it that way at all. We like to engage with our community, but we also understand that for it to have longevity, it can't be on 24 seven because everyone's going to burn out together So I think that breaks in the excitement are really a part of a healthy ecosystem.
2: I appreciate that. And then going back to the positive, are there any new initiatives like Open Mic that you are really looking forward to or excited about?
0: Yeah. So I am working on a bunch of different event ideas, none that I would... Really love to share here only because I prefer to under promise and over deliver. Yeah, definitely some new event concepts that we are working on, but yeah, nothing that is quite ready yet for the
2: public. I love it because I'm taking the typical show notes, and your answer under promise and over deliver is definitely what is an awesome note to take down. Love it.
1: <laughs> what is the bigger vision of CryptoCoven? What is the world that you're building? And what are you working towards as just the part of the community?
0: In terms of what we are aspirationally working towards, at least in the community and events realm of crypto Coven, I would really love to kind of put together some IRL events, I have seen some really incredible meetups come together organically, led by other members of the community in cities all across the world. We saw a beautiful witch brunch come together at ETH Denver, which was so cool to see. I really wish I could have been there. But yeah, some sort of event, potentially a coven ball is something that we've talked about. Still noodling on how to execute, but Definitely something that we are thinking a lot about. So just converging the digital and physical spaces, right? Like bringing the digital coven into the physical realm.
1: Very cool. So obviously the space moves really quickly. Six months ago, you were probably a very different person, right? What kind of advice would you give yourself six months ago about what you're doing
0: Oh my God. I think six months ago was about the time that I entered the coven. but seven months ago, had you told me that I would be hanging out with a bunch of witches, organizing solstice gatherings and sharing my intentions with a bunch of other anonymous friends on the internet, I wouldn't have known what to make of that. So advice that I may have given to myself Learning about the Web3 space can feel like drinking from a fire hose. So take it all at your own pace. Don't be afraid to ask questions. There is no such thing as a stupid question. And of course, do your own research, but find a community in which you can root yourself and rely on the knowledge of your fellow community members.
1: How do people find you?
0: Yeah, so you can find me in the Crypto Coven Discord, of course. I am at Estrella or on Twitter. I am at Estrella
1: underscore ETH. Estrella, thank you so much for your time. It was really fun. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you all for having me. It was really fun hanging out with you and chatting.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It'll help more people like you find us. You can find more about us on wild.show, W-L-D Please subscribe to our newsletter or DM us on Twitter. We'd love to get to know you.